You are in the trenches of life. You are faced with pressure every day. Family, work, community, all demanding a piece of life. Fatherhood is war, but you continually battle for your soul and the souls in your family. It can feel isolating and exhausting, but there is good news. You have a heavenly father. Because of Jesus, you can be strong, courageous. You can be an intentional father, living with purpose. This is what you are meant for. You will make an impact. You are not alone. Welcome to Dad in the Trenches, a resource for biblical truth, challenge, and encouragement for Christian dads in the trenches of life. Well, guys, thanks for joining us today. My guest is Dante from Legacy Dads. Uh, if you all are familiar with Legacy Dads podcast, he is one of the partners in crime on Legacy Dads. <laughs> and uh, Dante, I am so thrilled that you uh, are here with us. Welcome to Dad in the Trenches. Aaron, really, thank you for having us, man. It's our, it's our privilege. Yeah, it's it's quite an honor. It's quite an honor. Thank you so much. Um, so for, for those of you, uh, our guests that may not know you, um, you know, take just a minute. Tell us about yourself, your season of life, where we find you. Uh, season of life, um, you know, I'm on the cusp of having all teenagers in my <laughs> life. I've got a 15-year-old, a, a soon-to-be 14-year-old that uh, looks like she's 25, just graduated eighth grade. Oh, man. And I have a, I have an 11-year-old uh, that's uh, going to be a seventh grader. So, yeah, I'm really uh, – I've got, you know, as I say, I've got a boy and a young man and two weddings and my funeral to pay for. So, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, based on your, your litmus test, I would say that I'm in the thick of it. As a matter of fact, not not only am I in the trenches, I have like you know the machine gunners like over my head right. every every five seconds. You know, I got to be careful; the pot shots are going to take me out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's so fun. And you uh, uh, you've been married how long? Uh, going on eighteen years. This November will be eighteen years with a bride that um, I totally uh, way you know I, I I'm way out of my class. I mean, I, I'm not even in her realm and. Still trying to figure out why she said yes to me, why she married me, and you know, Lance and I joke around about it. But by the time we figure our wives finally figure this out, they're just not going to want to break anybody else in. So <laughs> I think we're okay. That's awesome. <laughs> well, congratulations, <laughs> yes. uh, and and I, I think I would say congratulations on you know all teenagers. I don't know if you feel the congratulations there or not, but <laughs> you know, it's actually really cool because you you know you get to a part of the reason I'll get into it a little bit later why I got into legacy dads, but. It, it, you know, you just do this thing and each one of us, our parents, each one of us do the things that we're called to do. But, you know, our, our mission field is our family. You know, we can sit there, we can lead in the church, yeah. we can lead in the community, we can lead anywhere. And if we're not leading at home, yeah. um, we've got a major disconnect. And yeah. so, you know, you can sit there and say, man, I've blown it. You know, man, I'm making mistakes, you know, but I, I, two things that I've, I've learned in, you know, the 15 years that I've been doing this with my boy is, you know, one, make the, the word of God an authority in your life. And so even when they think that you don't know what you're talking about, you're crazy, they're so much smarter than you. They <laughs> always know that that's a place that's a barometer. And the other thing, too, is, you know, a big thing for me to be watching is 
teachable moments. You know, it's like when I blow it, and believe me, I blow it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I, I, I sit there and, you know, I, I get mad at my wife. I get selfish. You know, I get mad at the kids. But at the end of the day, when I blow it and, and I know I'm wrong, you know, the, the humility, the, the, the humbleness comes into a, a dad to a man that sits there and says to your kids, you know what? I really screwed up and I'm asking for your forgiveness. And not only just saying, I'm sorry, you know, like a Neanderthal, but yeah. really going in there and, and modeling, man, th- your dad blew it. And this is why I did, you know, and I'm hoping that you can forgive me. And when you, you do that in situations, it, it's really great to just watch it out, you know, just how it, it goes over the years. Yeah, that's awesome. Man, that'll preach. Uh, so, yeah, tell us a little more uh, about Legacy Dads. You know, for those that aren't familiar, you and uh, Lance uh, have also yep. partnered up, and you guys uh, do a Legacy Dads podcast, which can be found on Apple and pretty much any podcasting station. Um, yeah, we, tell us a little we, bit about that. I met Lance, uh, you know, per se, way back when there was a Christian dad uh, blog. You know, kind of, you know, we were talking in the beginning here. It, I was looking for more. And, you know, I was out there. I was growing. I was in the Word. I got married with my wife, you know, back in 2001. Um, you know, a lot of the things where I knew I needed some things to change, you know, in the in the background that I am, that my vocation, you know, is in uh, commodities. I've been doing this for a very long time. And um, so y- y- things that you just kind of let slip over the years, language wasn't exactly God honoring. And there was one time I drove home and um, lo and behold, I said a four-letter word that my two-year-old son was uh, riding his tricycle around my car as I ran over construction material. Uh-oh. And the next thing I know, for the next hour and a half, that little boy was repeating the same word that his daddy <laughs> said. So my Uh-oh. wife looked at me, and it wasn't you know anger, it wasn't frustration, it was just kind of that scowl, like, okay, this is the kind of legacy you're leading. And at that point, yeah. I knew I needed more, and I needed accountability, I needed to be raw and somehow, some way, I, I, this Christian dad blog, I ran into Lance. And, mm. you know, there, I don't want to take anything away from that blog. A lot of good intentions, you know, some fit, some didn't. But for the most part, you know, it was more about how to be more like them or how, how to be more like this program. And that, that had, didn't really ring to me. And then I ran into a post, you know, we have a, a blog to Legacy Dads. Uh, dot org legacydad.com uh-huh. and I, I met this guy Lance and he's just put it out there I mean like here we are in print you know in the internet once out there always there you're never getting it back right. and just being completely and utterly transparent mm. and I looked at him like holy you know this guy almost cost his marriage you know this guy is doing this he's talking about that mm. and all of a sudden you know we started going back and forth on email um, at this point he was actively serving um, he got called back to uh active duty. And, uh, he just kind of asked me through conversations, through emails, through going back and forth and talking, if I would kind of carry the torch on, on the blog. And I'm like, I would be honored, uh, very humble, but you know, that, that partnership started back in 2007. And the thing, the thing I loved about Lance is, you know, he's kind of like, Hey, you know what? Uh, all I'm asking for you is to be real, to be humble and don't be afraid to put it out there. And, uh, Man, that was that was just a, a learning curve. On top of that, you know, 2007 was the same year that I started leading men's ministry at my church. Mm-hmm. You know, a few years later, an elder at the church, and you, we talk about spiritual warfare before this call began. Brother, let me tell you, you start to move toward men and draw near to God. Uh, spiritual warfare is out there. Yeah, totally. Tell us, there's a nickname you, you go by, Lance goes by. 
Tell tell yeah, our listeners. Lance gets a nice nickname of the warrior. The warrior, um, yeah. Yeah, he's the warrior, and obviously he's not only earned that title. Sure, um, he is very well qualified. I have videos <laughs> to prove it. Yeah, um, and pictures actually that you know kind of made me like, who am I dealing with here? Right. There, there was one point where I joked around with him, like I thought that like I was some kind of psych op experiment on his part. <laughs> Just you know, like okay, what are you doing? And uh, we have a lot of fun with that. But, yeah, and then we had another guy that we uh, had writing for a while. Uh, he's home with the Lord now, mm-hmm. uh, but he this guy was awesome. I mean, he not only was he in the Vietnam War, uh, he literally, um, he was in Reagan's cabinet. Um, uh, he was in the military and uh, he just, he's just a real dude. And we, his nickname was the cowboy. The cowboy. We, we met at the Marine base out in California. Uh, we stayed on base because those two were uh, either active or retired soldiers. So we got to yeah. use their, their dorm. Yeah. And uh, he picked us up at the airport <laughs> Uh, wearing cowboy chaps and the cowboy hat. And we're like, Lance and I kind of looked at each other like, what did we get ourselves into? And actually, he said he would have brought guns into the airport, realizing <laughs> that TSA wouldn't have been happy with right, that. Right, totally. Yeah, so he he gets the cowboy, Lance gets the warrior, and somehow, some way, because of my financial background, I get the merchant. The merchant, okay. Gotcha. The merchant, yeah. That's yeah, awesome. it makes me sound like, you know, geeky and, you know, glasses, and not to say that I don't wear glasses <laughs> or I'm not any of those descriptions. Right. But, hey, there, there could be other names that could be called out there, you know? Yeah, you could have worse, that's for sure. But I wear it proud, though. I wear it proud. Yeah, that's so fun. So I, I love the passion. Uh, as I listen to you guys on podcasts, like I love the passion that both, you know, you and Lance bring. Um, but, you know, tell us what, what drives Dante. You know, the thing that really, like I said, attracted me to him is just being raw and just really wanting to connect to guys' hearts. And, you know, I went through a leadership class at our our church and, um, you know, I I have had the drive. I, I, you know, children's ministry is one thing, you know, raising children and just getting them uh, legacy was just huge in my vernacular. And then the other thing was accountability and men. I just really felt this call for men and the way that the whole thing transpired to where I started taking men's ministry in my church. Church, um, just I, that it was totally affirmed. You know, some leaders that were stepping down, you know, totally affirmed it. And, you know, from there we started and, you know, we're averaging Saturday mornings, you know, 60, 70 guys. Yeah. And uh, we do a large group. We do some worship. It goes into a small group and just real accountability. And, you know, to the thing with, you know, Lance is um, I just really appreciate, you know, when, when I met with him in the Cowboy I'm looking at two men that literally had a life plan of, you know, stages with their kids, you know, Mm. from adolescence to teenagers to adulthood to passing the torch to men and to women passing the torch to their their daughters Mm -hmm. for womanhood. And I'm sitting there, you know, at lunch, you know, in California, looking at these two men giving me their plans and I'm, I'm going home on the plane back to Chicago and I'm like, I am so flipping ill prepared. <laughs> this is not even funny. And you know, it, 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 what drives me is, you know, draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Mm. You know, um, Colossians three, you know, um, holy living and, you know, letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly, setting your minds on things above, not on earthly things, setting your heart on things above Romans 12, renewing your mind. And, you know, mm. when I tried to do it my way over the years, my way was flesh. My way was sin. Yeah. My way was, you know, everything contradictory to what the word of God was. Yeah. And, and at this point I'm like, you know, is this the kind of, 
you know, legacy that I want to leave for my kids? Uh, Is this the kind of legacy I want to leave for my friends? And I don't want to be that, you know, statistic that said, oh, yeah, he started out really good, but then just went by the wayside. And, you know, I want to turn up the heat. I want to, you know, challenge these guys. I want to challenge my kids. And I want to leave a legacy that, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be fame or fortune. It doesn't have to be, you know, success. I measure success by, you know, when I'm said and done, you know, what are my kids doing? Do, do they own, you know, their faith? Not, not dad's faith, not mom's faith. Do they truly own their faith? And it doesn't matter. Do they have to be, you know, missionaries in Zimbabwe or New Guinea or, you know, uh, Thailand? Not necessarily, you know, but their mission field's right in front of them. Their mission field is, you know, some of the Christian schools that they go to that there are clearly some people in there that do not know the Lord. Their mission field is their neighborhood. And, and if their vocation is being a nurse, you know, being an architect, being a doctor, being a, you know, a, a, a groundskeeper, I don't care what it is, their mission field is whatever they want to take it seriously. And that that's how I measure it. So like what really drives me, Aaron, what really gets me going is seeing other guys really getting into the word, hmm. making the word an authority in their life. And, and uh, you know, it, the scripture says, you know, practice righteousness. You know, there's nothing we can do. None of us are perfect. There's no way, any way, shape, or form through the course of the day we could ever measure to perfection. There's only one perfect person. His name is Jesus Christ. After that, it's like, okay, what what are we doing? And my doing is every day I wake up, you know, four in the morning, get up for work, you know, head to work, do all that. You know, where is Jesus Christ in this? Where is God? And and do I take it back sometimes? Am I selfish? Absolutely. Yeah. Do do I get tired? Do I get you know moody? Do you know things set me off? Sure. But I realize at the end of the day, who would I rather please? Would I rather mm. please myself, or would I rather please you know God? And and my aim is to really step toward that. And if I if I can model that for my kids, you know, then then to me that's how I measure success. Yeah, that's good. That's real good. Tell us just about growing up too, like, you know, all these things that the Lord's planned in your heart that you're so passionate about for family. You know, what was your family life growing up? Did you have a father in the picture? How was that? And then, you know, kind of from there, walk us through, you know, what uh, what unique challenges maybe you faced as you became a dad and, and um, you know, working through that. You know, I, I had a, a very good family upbringing. Um, you know, as it as it turned out over the years, I found out that I was adopted, wow. um, and uh, along that way. But for the reasons that were said, um, my mom and dad, you know, and I, I'll call them my mom and dad because they did everything that needed to be done, mm-hmm. and they did it well. And you know, my dad was uh, Italian, my mom was Italian, so I'm not going to exactly say that we didn't use our hands or, or talk loud or shout right. a lot. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, the other thing too is my dad lost his mom at 11. So mm. having that womanhood in his life, you know, versus two Italian uncles and his dad that right. you know came over from Italy, he didn't necessarily have that. I mean, from the physical standpoint, 
from the the providing standpoint, you know, all of that, you know, physical, you know, and emotional, he was there. I mean, he drove into me, you know, being a good steward, being a hard worker. Yeah. You know, he used to always quote to me, not a lender or a borrower thee be, pay thy debts or it dulls the edge of husbandry. Ah. And, you know, character, integrity, you know, these were things that were very important to my dad. You know, mm-hmm. if you if you say it, you do it. You know, and if you're going to school, you take education seriously. You're going to a job, you take your job seriously. And um, I, I'll, I'll put my work ethic up against anybody. Mm-hmm. And that's nothing that I, Dante's done. It's everything that my dad instilled in me. Mm-hmm. And my mom, you know, I, I love her dearly. Both of them are home with the Lord. Um, my mom, you know, just said always, you know, you don't know who you're meeting. You don't know who they're going to become. You treat everybody with respect. Yeah. And uh, it was just, you know, that's the parents that I grew up into, into the situation. And, um, you know, it was the years that I prayed for my dad. I didn't have the spiritual aspect. I hungered for that. And I don't think he really appreciated that with my mom and I. My mom was a Christian. Mm. When I, I became a Christian, I was nine. My mom, you know, about a year before that. Okay. And and my dad just, he really pushed back. It wasn't for him. And I don't know if it was past hurts, maybe him losing his mom. But you, you asked me. So when I had my son, yeah. um, the, I, I was really frustrated because everything I tried to throw at my dad, you know, life changes, everything else, rejected all of it because he knew me. He knew how to push buttons. And I talked to one elder in, in our church, you know, a very wise man, his name was Art, and just basically said to me, you know, what what connects with your dad? And I said, parenting. And he goes, you know, what else? And, you know, and I said, work. And he goes, talk to your dad about those things. Don't tell him how he should live. Don't tell him what he needs. Talk to him about reality. Hmm. And I remember, I remember, you know, this is, my son was two years old. I'm sitting at the kitchen table. My dad and I were doing a bunch of work around my house, my first house with my wife. And, you know, I just said, you know, dad, you know, we're talking about faith and I don't know how we got into it, but I'm like, you know, if the world asked me to take my son and crucify him to save the world, I would tell the world to go to hell. Mm. And I, and I, he looked at me and he just, I, he doesn't, he didn't, he wasn't really an emotional guy. And again, he's, he lost his mom when he was 11, but he, he literally looked at me and he held back a tear and he said, that's exactly how I feel about you. And that mm. opened the pathway to my dad coming to know the Lord. Oh man, that's awesome. It was, you know, so after 30 years of trying to get this man to know the Lord, after 30 years, 33 years trying to sit there and say how he should, you know, confess Jesus and all that, rejecting every other aspect that I tried, it was becoming a father that finally connected to my dad mm. that the Holy Spirit called him to be his own. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. And then what, what challenges did you, you find yourself having just becoming a dad and all that, that fun shaping that comes? <laughs> you know, it, it, thank goodness that my wife had a, a child psychology background and thank goodness that my <laughs> wife is who she is because she totally understands, you know, the importance of all the different stages from taking care of the kids while they were in the womb to like the development, the child development and healthy. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of that, I got to give credit to her for really just, you know, inputting and, and how we handle things. But, yeah. you know, the other thing too, is I just realized, you know, early on, you know, there are times I looked at my wife coming home from work, you know, having a job, having a mortgage, you know, having, you know, student loans, everything else that comes with college and, you know, master's degree was, man, I'm ill-equipped. I mean, I felt like I was a a teenager playing house and then I had kids 
And I, I just knew that, you know, my, my model, my way of life, my ethos at that time, you know, was completely, I don't want to say contrary to the word of God, because even when I walked away, you know, not so, so much from the faith, but from my walk, um, you know, somewhere between youth group and, and college, um, I, you know, I always knew that he was there. I always knew God was real. I just wasn't, yeah, I was grieving the Holy Spirit and I was mm-hmm. just living for myself. So funny story. I met my wife. We're celebrating her birthday before we get married. My mom decides to have a mar- massive heart attack. Oh. So we go to the hospital. I, you know, and I, it was my wife's birthday of all, of all days. And she comes with me to the hospital. I'm kind of looking at her, never met my family, watching her, how she's inter, in, intertwining with my family, yeah. you know, seeing the stress of everything. I'm like, man, I've never seen this in a woman like this before. <laughs> and I knew that I had somebody really special, yeah. but you know, as, as we push through all of that, it was like, I, you know, I've got, I've got to be real. I've got to be that man. I've got to pursue God. You know, if I'm going to be the spiritual leader of this house, mm. if I'm, if I'm going to make, uh, you know, th- this pathway for the mission field to be right for my kids to come to know the Lord. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what really hit me. You know, when I talked about that four letter word around the car, <laughs> my model sucked. My model would have failed epically when, when I put on God's way, put the authority in my life, listen to this word, brought accountability around me, you know, got involved with legacy dads, men of faith that I have at my, you know, my men's group, mm-hmm. you know, accountability started coming, you know, uh, raw authenticity, um, just, you know, things that just drew me nearer and even things that I was realizing that even with my wife, not treating her the way that, you know, she needed to be treated and, and not bad. I wasn't harsh with my wife. I wasn't one of these Neanderthals, you know, verbally abusive or anything like that, but just not really appreciating, you know, God's daughter the way that I should have. And when I, I realized that the things in me that were slowly getting convicted, you know, drawing near to God, just totally being, you know, just hung out to dry by the Holy Spirit, mm. giving that up, repenting. You know, when I started seeing that, I look back and my wife had always had these talents. My wife always had these gifts. But when I started getting really serious about that, I look back at my wife and I look back at the things that she did, you know, financial and, and saving and teaching women, you know, to budget and just walking with other women. You know, it's not to say that she wouldn't have done that with or without me. But I think when I really got the role of a spiritual leader seriously, just watching my wife, this beautiful flower that she already was, just totally open up and just, you know, give the gifting that God given her to all these other women. It just, it made my heart smile. Hmm. That's so cool. Sometimes talk about, you know, we've got ages of zero to six, you know, you got these foundational years and you got the kind of these building relational years from seven to 11, seven, 12, and then from 12 to 18, you're kind of in this launch prep mode. So I've got kids that are in really stages one and two, almost to begin stage three, you're further along in the journey. What, what advice would you give someone like myself that's staring down the barrel of teenage years? (laughs) Um, you know, it's really funny because when, when my anger goes unchecked, Mm -hmm. um, it it is amazing thing to watch. 
And and I the older I get, the more that I realize, you know, Proverbs is a lot truer than I'll ever be. And so, you know, a soft answer versus just, you know, laying down a leveling thunder or roar has so much more um, response to your children. Yeah. You know, you, you can grow, you can grow into a life of intimidation. You can go into a, a life of fear. You can grow into a life of whatever you want with your kids and, you know, daughter or, or, or sons, let's start with daughters. <laughs> your daughter is going to marry somebody like you. Oh boy. Sobering, sobering <laughs> thought. Exactly. Okay, sobering thought. So if you if you looked at Dear Younger You, you know, that Mercy Me song, and that person knocked at the door at the heart of your disobedience to God, you wouldn't let that guy in. You would go out and pull the you know shotgun, saw it off, and just start <laughs> shooting at the door to say, leave my daughter alone. Right. Same thing with, you know, a, a young man, a young uh, child, a lad that's watching you. I forget that one song, but, you know, the country daddy, I've been watching you, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that whether we like it or not, we're modeling who our sons want to be. Yeah. And so wh- what I would say to you, Aaron, is, you know, um, one, y- your kids are going to grow up. They're going to reject everything at some point. It's just <laughs> a fact of life. And, and so you need to create a model by which that they see one that you have full accountability. in. so I would say, what do we have in our life that we can trust no matter what? Right. And that would be the word of God. Yeah. And I, and I would model the fact that not only am I reading it and, and not letting it just be a, an ornament or a decorative item on your coffee table, yeah. but one that they truly see you in. Number two, I would say that prayer life needs to be an important aspect of your life because when things get tough, when spiritual warfare is there, when you're really praying about something and discerning, asking the Lord for guidance, that they see you model that and not only model it, but do it. And and I think, you know, when they start seeing that, even when they reject some of the antics of mom and dad, they're going to see that we've always humbled ourselves, always eventually came around to submitting to the Word of God. Mm. And thirdly, and I, and I think this is really important, when dad in the trenches, when, when we blow it, and we're going to blow it, you know, whether it's <laughs> somebody at work, our boss, a coworker, um, you know, somebody in our community, our neighbor, um, something that causes us to fail epically in our family, it's going to happen. Look for teachable moments. Okay, number one, that's on our end. Number two, when your child blows it, and they're they're gonna blow it, they're gonna push back. They're they're walking around in diapers, you know. They're they're walking up in adolescence. They're they're defiant, you know. The technology they have, we are outclassed, outman, outmaneuvered. The <laughs> enemy has has guised up, repackaged, relabeled sin, yeah. and the sin these days right now is called technology mm-hmm. and business and busyness, mm-hmm. and so we can't compete. And the reality is the only thing that can compete is the word of God and truth. And so the other side of the teachable moments is I would say when your child blows it, you don't always have to go beating down the door, pulling out the paddle spoon or putting them in the corner or grounding them or taking away. I think when you can have a life lesson that is a teachable moment, even in the worst of situations, and you get to that child's level, you look at them in the eyes, they know that they've blown it, they know that they're out of bounds, they know that the rules are broken, and yeah. you look for a teachable moment, you're going to connect to that child more than you can ever realize. Yeah, that's good. That's real good. Thank you for that. 
quick pause here before we finish up our time with Dante. Today's social media world is dominated by algorithms, and this is true for the podcast world as well. Apple algorithms love five-star ratings and reviews, and they push podcasts to the forefront of searches based on such feedback. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, and it's been a blessing to you in any way today, if it's provided any encouragement or challenge to you, I'd like to humbly ask, would you hit the pause button right now, jump over to the Dad in the Trenches podcast profile, give a five-star rating, and even consider leaving a quick review on something you liked about today's podcast? It's a simple way to get this podcast on the radar for more dads to find for encouragement. You can also share this episode with another dad on social media. Dad in the Trenches is on Instagram. Simply tag a dad in the comments of the post promoting today's episode and encourage them to go listen. Thanks, and God bless. Now, back over to wrapping up with Dante. Um, two, two things. Uh, one, just how can our listeners, I know we've mentioned it before, but uh, tell us how can our listeners connect with you, more of what you're doing, uh, be in touch, that kind of thing. We're, we're, you know, Lance and I are pretty active. I mean, we, we both live busy lives. I know Aaron, you live busy lives. So, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we get in the seasons where we try to fight the ever. So our lives are living us versus us living our lives. But, you know, we're pretty active social media. You know, we have a closed face group, Facebook group. You can get involved in that if you want. Um, we're pretty participatory in that Instagram, um, on our blog, www.legacydads.org or legacydad.com. Um, um, you know, if you reach out to us on that, you can, as you said, you know, we've been podcasting more, a couple of men's events that we did. We had the younger millennials that said, man, I I love your stuff. I just don't have the time to sit down and read it. Have you guys ever thought about podcasting? Right. And we just kind of looked at each other and we're like, okay. And so we (laughs) let it, we let it go. And, and believe it or not, that has got even more of a response in some of our, our, our blog posts. Yeah. Well, we were talking earlier before we even started. I, I, I told you that Legacy Dads is one of the first podcasts I listened to and just loved it. So um, that's that's right on. That's great. Um, so second thing, um, would you pray for us, pray for the dads out there and just lay down some more of what you've got for us? Uh, sure, Aaron. Thank you very much, dear Lord. I, I just thank you for Aaron. I thank you for him having the heart just to start, you know, his ministry, Lord, and uh, doing that in a way is just being real with his faith, interviewing other men, Lord, that have the same desire, and that desire is uh, not to live a, a life that is for us or building our kingdoms, Lord, but to put you first in all that we do. And Lord, um, you know, as you say in Proverbs, Lord, that each and every man, each and every family that's listening to this podcast, uh, Lord, trust in the Lord with all your heart. We ask of each and every listener, lean not on our own understanding, but to acknowledge you in all our ways and that we know that you will make our path straight, Lord. That's our prayer. Uh, that's our prayer for each and every one that's listening, Lord. And I, I just say, Lord, for the dads that are out there, whatever stage of life they are on, if they're you know, adolescents, if they're middle school, if they're junior high or high school, or they have adults, um, it's never too late uh, not to buy the lie of the enemy, uh, to be fearful of that, um, Lord, because we know that you've overcome the world. And, Lord, that we, even in the midst of it, even in spiritual warfare, even when we hear the enemy saying how much we failed, Lord, that we could cry out uh, from the mountaintop, from the valley, and just say, guilty. 
mm. covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Mm. And Lord, I just pray that that's every man's prayer. I pray, Lord, that we will step into your truth, that we will bask ourselves in it, and we will just look for teachable moments uh, to be the dads that we need to be, to be the dads in the trenches, to leave a legacy for our children. We ask that in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Dante, thank you so much. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks for listening. For more content and resources, check out the website at dadinthetrenches.com or on social media at Dad in the Trenches. And be sure and click on subscribe to stay up to date with new podcasts. Walk out the heroic fatherhood you were called to live. <laughs>